0: Thank you, thank you,
1: thank you,
2: thank you, and fuck you Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode or the very first episode of the new podcast Film Shit I'm your host Scotty and with me today I have Leanne Brooks who's a model and actress
1: Hello everyone It's so good to be with you. Happy first episode of Film Shit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're so excited to have you with us today. Um, Film Shit is just an overview of any and everything film and a whole bunch of other shit. So um, I definitely wanted to start off by dedicating this episode um, to Diane Carroll, who was a pioneer. Um, In her interview, as she quoted, she wanted to be the first black bitch on TV because she was so used to seeing Black people play these weak roles. And so she did that in Dynasty. And so this episode is dedicated to her and her life's work and her legacy. Um, Rest in peace, Diane Carroll. We are very, very thankful for the many paths that you paid for us today. Yes, rest in peace. And just another special shout out to Tyler Perry on opening his studio. Um, The largest studio ever. Um, The largest Black-owned studio. First Black-owned studio built from the ground up. Um, here is doing wonderful things over there, providing tons of opportunities. Um, so shout out to Tyler Perry and just super, super thankful. Um, and I hope other people are inspired by that and see that like, in order to create the stories that we want and to, to be in a space where we're employing people that look like us in the sets, feel like family and like a place where you feel included and not excluded, you have to go out and build it yourself. And so shout out to Tyler Perry for doing that. i um, super, super proud of him and super excited to see the work that comes out of Tyler Perry Studios.
1: Same here. He yeah. has goals. Like...
2: Yeah, I remember being younger, watching Medea on a bootleg VHS test, VHS tape, can't even get it out, um, <laughs> at my grandma's house and cracking up, not understanding why I was so young, laughing at all these adult jokes, but it was funny nonetheless. <laughs> it was funny.
1: I mean, I think I kind of outgrew Medea at this phase of my life. However...
2: He catered to his audience. He did. He did. Too,
1: he did. And right. I ain't mad at him for
2: that. As some of you know, as all of you know, I hope, tonight was a very special night. The girlfriends reunited on Blackish for the first time since 2006. When I found out, was just really, really, really excited. And so I took this opportunity to one, do something that I've wanted to do for a very long time, which is launch a podcast about something that I'm very passionate about, which is film. Um, specifically TV. I love movies as well, but like TV, the fact that you can create these stories or tell these stories over the course of so many seasons, you have so many shows that like have stayed on for decades. Um, Grey's Anatomy is one of them. Shonda Rhimes has done an amazing job with recreating Grey's Anatomy, and it's it's been on for so long that like she's telling different stories and so tv for me has that special place in my heart because you get this continuous moment to tell these stories.
1: I share that passion with you. Yeah. Like I'm my husband says that I'm, I am a my hobby is watching television and I was like, yeah, I think I guess it kind of is. I just enjoy watching stories evolve and i love good storytelling where everything isn't laid out to you in one episode but you find out bits and pieces from the following episodes and then you put all the pieces of the puzzles together and you're like oh my gosh
2: yeah i for me that's a huge part of it something that i've recently fallen in love with and i think watching insecure and seeing people of color be lit in the way that i've seen insecure moonlight was also another great example um, but Insecure specifically, like, I just enjoy cinematography in a way that I never appreciated or noticed before because of that show. Because of what I saw them do. And so like, when I watch a film, it's about the story, it's about the character development, it's about the cinematography, it's about the camera angles, it's it's about everything. Like, the dialogue, the storyline, like, are you giving me everything in one episode or are you making me wait? And I really, really appreciate shows that make me wait. Even though I'm pissed when I'm watching it. like it is a really really great time and so um there're just you know a lot of shows out there like that but let's dive right into it
0: hey hey posing drinking out the bottles of patron and try these niggas crazy cuz they know they can't control me i high the body, bodies who about i'm shining if you looking ain't that hard to find me yeah stelly is a player
2: i make these niggas toasting. girlfriends significance of black television mm-hmm. so when girlfriends came out if you're not familiar with girlfriends girlfriends is a show about four very different women um, living in Los Angeles in the late '90s, early 2000s. Um, it was the first time that I think we saw black women in different, various, various uh, career paths. Just very different variations in general of black women. Like there was typically this very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A very general depiction of what a black woman was on tele- yeah, television.
1: Like. Girlfriends wasn't that stereotypical black woman that you sassy black woman that pops their neck around like you see actual professional women or women just living their lives and enjoying each other's company not being too catty or too shady but you see the black girl shade in there um, it's just a it's just a show that warms your heart because you're like dang that's me on television. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I and I I'm not saying that like it was the only show that showed a different black woman. Yeah. Like you had the Husks, Huxtables, yeah. you had a different world. You had Living Single. You had all these different shows that showed a variety of different black women. But I think Girlfriends was more of an adult version of those things. Like mm-hmm. we talked about topics such as like they hit on a lot on like HIV and like how that was affecting the black community. They hit. A, um, they talked about. Same gender uh, relationships and how parents didn't have the same rights, even though they were able to birth the child. Like, So they hit on a lot of topics that like those other shows didn't hit on.
1: And being a black woman in the workplace, like I think Joan represented that character so well. And um, so did Maya. But it's just like, I don't know, I can I can really relate to that. And I, yeah. I, I appreciate roles like that.
2: Yeah. And so it's it's dope. Um, if you haven't checked out Girlfriends, it is available on CWC, um, not all of the seasons. Or you can order the Amazon box set, which I would encourage. It's like $120 on Amazon. I don't support Amazon's tax breaks. However, they are convenient. And it's the only place that I know you can get the Girlfriends box set. Um, But yeah, Girlfriends was just a show and it depicted these different black women living in Los Angeles. And it was literally a dramedy, the definition of a dramedy. So much comedy, so many comedic moments, but it was so much drama. Like you got to see the exploration of friendships. You got to see the exploration of career paths. You got to see the real stuff that adults go through. And I think watching as a child, like I was a child when it came out, like I'm watching it with my adult grandmother who is like, well, I mean, it's my grandmother, so of course she's an adult, but <laughs> 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 um, but I'm watching it and for some reason I understood it, mm-hmm. but not on the level that I understood it when I rewatched it as an adult. And like, I think the most misunderstood character for me growing up was Lynn. Mm-hmm. I'm like, she has all these degrees. Why doesn't she just go get a job? Yeah. But then when you become an adult and you're in these careers that don't make you happy or you're trying to figure it out and you're searching for it, like- lynn's character makes sense mm-hmm. and that was the first time that i'd ever seen a black woman And even to this day i rarely see black women on screen who are lost and don't know what it is they're going to do next and trying to figure it out i think insecure would maybe be the most recent representation when Issa decided to quit her job and yeah. realized this wasn't her passion like that would probably be the most recent representation or that i've seen um, Same
1: here and I feel like that's a real life situation yeah. and it should be depicted more.
2: Yeah, because you feel like you're going through it alone. And, you know, I can speak personally to this. Like, I love aspects of my job, but it's not my passion. Right. It's something that I'm great at. It's something that I love doing because I can give it back. However, it is very stressful. And so... It's not, it's also not a lot of what I want to do long term.
1: It low key makes you feel like a robot, like yeah. going to the same job every day, doing the same thing. It's kind of like, especially if it's not something that you're like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to, you know, do X, Y, and Z at my job. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. No, you're kind of just doing that, you know, going through the motions, but not really tapping into what you're passionate about. Yeah. And... I think Lynn was very passionate about finding her passion. Yeah. Until she found it. Yeah. And it was dope Mm -hmm. when
2: she did. Like, she put effort into it. She cared about it. It was the only thing we saw her stick with. Mm -hmm. Then you have Maya, single mom. At one point, she was married, became (laughs) single, and then remarried. Mm -hmm. Um, But even her, like, she worked in a corporate environment, but she had that ally, that that other black women there that that made her space feel safer mm-hmm. because she didn't have to just deal with people who were giving her microaggressions because of her race. And, like, microaggressions are something that are very rare that a lot of people don't talk about. It. Right. And so girlfriends explored that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, you see Maya, like, thrive and work her way up, not just corporately, but also, like, in her own book. And, like...
1: Going back to school. Yeah. Like, she
2: she, she did all these things. And so you got to see a black woman evolve and yeah. grow. And change and how like when you change sometimes the people around you are not used to that change and so they try to hold you down and hold you back but if you really want to do what you have to do what's best for you mm-hmm. and you know make it happen and then there was Joan of course Yeah, Um, Joan very career driven doing everything everyone wants her to do doing what she thinks is right people or what pleaser. exactly she's mm-hmm. a people pleaser and then realizing that she didn't have to do that anymore and I think the season where she realized that was, like, one of the most pivotal seasons for her character. But it also got to shed light on people around her and how they were not used to her shining in that way. And they didn't know how to take it. Yes. Which brings us to Tony, who <laughs> was very selfish from the outside.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: in the inside, she meant well. Yes. Um. But you got to see her and her ups and downs. Like, she was exploring a new marriage and a, and a racial marriage.
1: Right.
2: Um, coming from some from a poor community and growing up and thriving and then going back to being poor. Mm-hmm. And then, like, marrying to like, a debt-filled relationship. Which is, like, they, they just explored so much. And so, um, I just think that Girlfriends was a show during that time. But let's really get into what else was on during that time. We had 101, mm-hmm. we had Moesha. Um, UPN specifically was like the host of like yeah. a lot of black television. The Parkers, like all of these Fresh amazing trends. shows. Listen, mm-hmm. all of these amazing shows. It was like a mecca of black shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just so interesting because now what are you noticing on TV in terms of like black representation?
1: I would say it's kind of it's kind of like slowing down, in my opinion. But then again, they're trying to prop us up. I would love to see... I would love to see some fresh Black shows out there. And mainly focus on Black people. You know, have other... There are a few. Yeah.
2: But the thing is, they're not publicized. Mm. And so... A prime example, which I was going to wait until later, um, is a show. And I can talk more in depth about it later. Yeah. But there's a show um, on BET plus the app. For We can talk about apps later. I'm not understanding why we need an app for every streaming service. I have a problem with that. I do. Yeah, my bank account does too. <laughs> I can't just keep subscribing to these different uh Streaming platforms. But mm-hmm. BET Plus has some original content and two shows that release. Our first Wives Club, which um, I watched in like a day and a half. I thought it was really good. Um, I thought that Tracy, Tracy Oliver, which is one of the writers on Girls Trip, um, I thought she did a really great job of like taking a traditional story that was about three white women and making it very real, very relatable, very, it's very things that black women go through and like not all black women that's not saying you know that's the thing about representation like sometimes we feel like we all have to be represented in one show or one thing but like the reality is n- none of us are the same exactly so like, it's not realistic you know to want that and so I think she did a really good job of like showing the experiences of some black women or what they deal with when it comes to men and it was really great it had great comedic moments. Um, and so that was one. And then another, which is like a personal favorite of mine, and it was just a show called Bigger. Um, and I'll talk more about it later, but it is really, literally the blackest shit that I've ever seen. Um,
1: is that in also Modern on Day BAT Time? Plus? It's on
2: D- BET Plus, yes. Um, and it, it's, it's just really, it's a really black show in the sense of, and maybe I relate more to it, because as, you know, a quote-unquote millennial um, that's going into my 30s, you know, it's really nice to see other black millennials Mm -hmm. going through their, like, in their 30s that are, uh, some are college educated, some are not. They're in a friend group where, like, they're exploring life and living life and figuring it out. And they're in Atlanta, of all places, which, as you know, is, like, a very, like, black young professional area. And so, like, they, you get to see some of the things that you deal with and some of the highs and some of the lows. And it's, legitimately like funny like laugh out loud funny
1: but see like the thing about the thing about these shows on the apps you i have to sit on my phone or on my computer and watch
2: well you can watch it on tv you can get that through amazon prime okay. or you can just download the bt app on whatever like you have apple tv or like Fire Stick, and then okay. you can watch it so it's not that bad um it's just that you have to get it But when I think about Girlfriends, Girlfriends was in a time where there were so many Black shows. You had Half and Half. Um, You had, uh, I've already mentioned uh,
1: Moesha, Moesha. Sister, Sister, Sister,
2: Sister. Oh, wow. Sister, Sister. You had Smart Guy. Yes. You had so many shows and like now, like, exactly. So many And then My Wife and Kids.
1: Oh, my gosh. Like, and
2: then you get to, like, we, like, hit this, like, dead zone where there were, like, minimal black shows. And I can remember there not being many after UPN merged and became, they merged with WB and became CW. Yeah. And so, like, it was, like, they got rid of all their black shows. And Girlfriends didn't even get a finale. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's criminal, but they got rid of all their black shows, and then you go and you look at, um, you go and you look at that period after, and there's just like this dead period, and I want to say that dead period existed until, Scandal, yeah, where you had Kerry Washington playing Olivia Pope, first black woman in decades to lead a primetime show. And we're talking about shows on CW that weren't, like, they were in primetime slots. But CW, I mean, I'm sorry, UPM wasn't considered, like, a primetime network. It wasn't, like, ABC and NBC. And, like, it wasn't one of those. So, like, it was still a very, like, modest network. Yes. But it had primetime slots. And so Girlfriends was the primetime of that show. They, had, they were one of the highest-rated shows. Mm-hmm. You had have, have you had You had all of these shows. Like, what is it about... That period after that, like, gave us this, like, complete wipeout of, like, shows that showed black representation. And I want to, and I, I, I do want to explore that as we continue to talk about our Impact Girlfriends, but, like, what is it about that time and, and how do you think it impacted, like, us socially and how we operated within the world.
1: I feel like a good television show is some, is a conversation piece. Like you could really like talk to someone and relate to someone about a television show. And it's like when that kind of goes away I mean, you you talk about politics and stuff like that, but you can't relate on a good television show like, oh my gosh, I saw that person on television, and yeah. you know, I thought X, Y, and Z. But what do you think on this topic?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that, but I'm just wondering, like, why do you think that like we went through this drought where we had all these black shows to like having none?
1: I think partially to do with the recession. Mm. But yeah.
2: The recession hit hard. It
1: did hit hard. And then you went to reality television. Yeah.
2: And that's so crazy because in the recession, the first things to go and the first shows to go were the ones that were telling black stories.
1: And then it, it was replaced by black ratchet stories. Yeah. You know, to, Ways to
2: And And then we think about the impact of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if I go from having all these positive depictions of black people, different varieties of black people on television. Mm hmm. To having none,
1: Nothing and everything
2: is negative. Everything is. I want to fight. Everything and go is shade. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like think about what that does to to a group of people who are very dependent on television and the internet and social media. Like energy, <laughs> but it makes you really think about when it makes you think about the greater scheme, right? Mm-hmm. When these networks are making those decisions, are these intentions? Are these byproducts?
1: I low-key feel like it's like redlining the community from Hollywood. Yeah. Which
2: makes Tyler Perry's accomplishment super, super dope.
1: Yes, and very very pivotal.
2: Yeah. And I, I will say, I, I do have a piece of feedback for Tyler Perry. Um, but again, and, and you know, I'm not even going to say this because I was going to say that he has more money than me, but him having more money than me doesn't invalidate my opinion. My opinion on Tyler Perry is that he's done a lot of great things. Yes, He has done so many great things. So many amazing things that are going to benefit so many people. My push and piece of feedback, and anyone that wants to grow is going to listen to the feedback or take it, hopefully, is that he really ingenu- genuinely push other people to do things and lead things in his productions. Because not all of his productions, but a lot of his productions are written by, directed by, produced by Tyler Perry. Mm-hmm. And I also have a blind spot. Maybe that's the money thing. Maybe he's doing that to save money and monetize on his profits and increase you know, his profits. And that could be why he opened the studio. I do have a blind spot. But my hope and my wish is that in order for anyone to grow like Collaboration is key.
1: Yes. And did you see how he started to, he named his sound stages after very important people in black film? I did.
2: I saw that. Yeah. Spike Lee had one. Uh, Denzel Washington had one. Will Smith had one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know of any others. Do we have any women that had any? I
1: didn't. I would say Oprah, if anyone. Oh, yeah.
2: Oprah definitely had one. I mm-hmm. saw that one. I think Halle Halle Berry. I want to no. I don't want to go on here lying. Okay. Well, Mm we're not going to lie. But but I just, I just, I, I really think that it's interesting how that, that uh, blackout of black films, like even films, like you think about in the '90s, we had Juice set it off. Oh my God. Boys in the Hood. um, Poetic Justice. Belly came out later, but yes. again, we had no so society. many bla- listen, <laughs> so many movies, don't be a menacing to, to society while drinking gender yes. in the hood. like
1: mm-hmm.
2: so many yes. to having none. It How do like, we
1: change this?
2: I think through consistent conversation, mm-hmm. um, bringing it to light, I think people like Tyler Perry collaborating more, um, yes, people in the industry who have the means um to collaborate more
1: that's what i was gonna say about tyler perry studios i i really want to see what he does with this like is he going to create more opportunities for black actors and actresses is he going to make more opportunities for filmmakers for yeah. storytellers like i just i really want to see him produce these things and help the, and help them come to life. Yeah. Um, and I would like to see him collaborate with Oprah to do the same thing. Because I think Oprah has the platform as well to, to do that. What she is doing yeah. on OWN Network.
2: But like she'll tell you, you can't help everybody. Yeah. And... I think that's a real reality. It's like, oh, you have the money. Why don't you help everybody? But the reality is, if you have everybody, you can't help yourself. And that's a life lesson.
1: That is sad. Um, (laughs) But
2: I mean, do what you can. And it looks like Tyler Perry's doing what he can. Mm -hmm. Shout out to him.
0: What bad, 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 only hang around
2: with other bad everywhere I go, I gotta take damn turn this or like I guess the timing was perfect because I've wanted to do this podcast for a while but the timing was perfect when I saw that the girlfriends were gonna be reuniting on blackish for the first time all on screen together since 2006. I was super, super excited, um, and I didn't know how to really control my excitement, um, but then I started thinking, like, this is like the moment, the moment to take my one of my very favorite shows ever, which is Girlfriends, if you, if you missed it, um, and talk about it, and the different intricacies of Girlfriends, um, and so they were together on Blackish Tonight, um, it was a great episode about feminism. I think, to your point, when we were talking immediately after we watched the episode, um, you mentioned something along the lines of in the show "Girlfriends," all the girls were advocating for. You, you want to share more on it? I'm um, listening yeah. to what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were advocating for for like equality and like women's rights, and they were doing it to make sure that they felt equal on the show like there was a sense of unity and then on Blackish, we saw them reunite and do what?
1: Unify. Yeah. And and be the representation for the Black woman which I thought was so heartwarming like I got goosebumps when I saw them enter onto set and you know pretty much you know make their presence known. However, like we were talking about earlier, I just wish there were more moments with the girlfriends in the show. Um, but it was so good to see the girls together again. And it just makes me want to say it's time. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's time. Hashtag girlfriends now. Um, I, I thought the conversations were great. As usual, Blackish is an amazing written show like they tackle so many social issues and so tonight if you weren't watching um they tackle feminism um specifically white feminism and how a lot of times in spaces not just white women but white people in general Mm -hmm. um view themselves as a default right and so um particularly they were talking about how um this group of black women who were the the original cast and girlfriends went in with Bo. And they were seeing these signs, and they were saying, like, you know, uh, it's not fair that, you know, women make 77 cents on the dollar compared to men. But then one of the girlfriends pointed out that, hey, like, for black women, it's even less than that. Right. And, like, if we're going to advocate for this change and, like, this equality for women, then we have to do it from the lowest level. Right.
1: We have to represent
2: all of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, Latinx get paid even lower. So Mm -hmm. it's not just about you know, the 63% sixty uh, three that Black women make on the dollar compared to to white men, but, like, also, like, how are we encompassing all the women? And so it was really, really dope to see them explore that. Um, another point that I thought was dope was um, having the men explore their relationship to how they treat women.
1: Right. Like, they were like, are we the white people of feminists? Yeah. Like, pretty much.
2: Yeah, they're, they're oppressors of... Everything other than black men. And that was the realization they had.
1: So, my friend sent me this article um, yesterday about the pay between different women of different races. Mm -hmm. So, apparently, you know, according to the show, they said that white women make 77 cents, but according to this article, um, white women earn 80 cents to a white man's dollar.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, black women earn 63 cents to a white man's dollar. And um, Hispanic women, they earn 54 cents to a white man's dollar. Um, whereas Asian women, they're the exception, they make 87 cents to a white mm-hmm. man's dollar, which I find interesting. And um,
2: That is interesting. One, I didn't know that mm-hmm. about Asian women. Um, two, I wonder why that is.
1: I wonder why that is too. Um, I know the same applies. Um, the same, would you like to hear the expert, ex- excerpt? Yeah, go for it. So, a little bit of history. A little over 30 years ago, a woman earned 64 cents for, for every dollar a man earned, a pay gap of 36 cents. Today, we earn 80 cents. Making the gap twenty cents or about a half of what it used to be. For women of color, the gap is even larger. I just want to pause because that sentence said today we earn, we earn the default white woman. But anyway, yeah, I digress.
2: (laughs) We earn right because they are the default, and that's Mm -hmm. how they always view themselves,
1: right? But I digress. For women, for women of color. The gap is even larger. Black women earn 63 cents for every dollar men do, Hispanic women, 54 cents. Asian women are the exception to the rule, earning 87 cents for every dollar a man makes. Why are there such dramatic racial differences? Entire books have written on the subject, but my friend Stacy Tisdale, a fellow financial journalist, an author gave me cliff notes version for black women over salads and omelets at a local French bistro.
2: They're giving a lot of information. We do not need to know they ate at a French bistro. (laughs)
1: Hello. Um, She explained, you've got to start back when Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves.
2: (laughs) Oh God. See, that was, we can't even get reparations. And they wanted, you know what? I'm just gonna. I'm we, just, we we gonna pause on that because, because not, you know I had that when whole Abraham conversation. Went, you know what? Okay, cool. I
1: had that whole conversation. It,
2: we just yeah, but um, if you didn't see the episode of Blackish, it was a great episode, and I think it is really gonna tie well into our serious discussion about our question today: Where is the girlfriend's
0: F*** the club what a kick back Hey is that the yank name is Hey somebody tell me what a boss mean Let's keep it broke motherfuckers off me and I only keep the baddest bitches round me Got yellow red phone in a body Where's honey Hey go on my coach glitter on my body everybody wanna do I
2: hung on the list of one of the top rated shows uh, the viewership was solid For a network as small as the CW, they averaged 3.5 to 4 million. Eight seasons. Yeah, they had eight seasons. Although, the the eighth season was not great. No. Like, it was... And and, in reality, you know, there was a switch from UPN to CW during that time. So, there were set changes. There were character changes. Um, As we know, if you watch the show... um, Jill Marie Jones character uh Tony Childs left the show after the 6th season she wanted to pursue other opportunities um as she said in many interviews um but it was just you know it's it's been a really crazy journey for girlfriends and I think it really hits on what we're going to talk about today but like the the lack of appreciation and support for black women especially black women in the industry um
1: in general
2: yeah and so it 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 it's, it it really sheds a light on the indifferences mm-hmm. or not indifferences, I'm bugging.
1: Inequality. The
2: inequality. Mm-hmm. Well, I am bugging today. But yeah, it, <laughs> no. it sheds light on the inequality and it the episode of Blackish was like part of that. Like and I don't know if that was an intentional decision from the writers to make the episode about the lack of equality. With women, but it would if it was, it's great because when we see girlfriends, we see a show that had good ratings, one of the highest rated show, highest rated scripted shows. Told this story about black women and who you know experienced these different aspects of life, and it was well written, comedic. Like the characters were well rounded; they were well developed. Like everything on girlfriends that happened they always pick back upon it. It was never something happens and then five seasons later and you're like, damn, what happened to such and such? Mm-hmm. Family mm-hmm. matters. <laughs> they got rid of a whole character. Uh, Judy, the sister, she walked upstairs and never came back down. We never heard anything. Hello. First <laughs> Prince, they changed Aunt Biff. Like, so, you, you know, Girlfriends is like a show where, like, everything that happened came back or they tied it. There was always... Them closing their loose ends. It was yeah. never anything left untouched, and I appreciated about the show, but yet, yeah, no finale. And they were asked to come back to do a finale, but they wanted to give them a lot less than what they were making. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why do we, we have to accept less to close out our show correctly, right?
1: Right, and it's like when you think of when you think of girlfriends, what other television shows? around that time, or, yeah, around that time, would you say, was equivalent to it?
2: Yeah, Sex in the City is a show, we, we're, we're definitely going to talk about Sex in the City, <laughs> because I do think that was probably, like, the most comparative in terms of the fact that it was about four friends who were all very different, mm-hmm. but again, it was told from a female white perspective.
1: And they got not one movie. But they got two. two.
2: And just to be clear, the first movie's budget was sixty-five million, hmm. and the box office they grossed 400, 415 and two tenths million, or four hundred fifteen point two million. Um, and so they made about three hundred fifty point two million in revenue that first movie, which is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get me wrong, but they also had a pretty large budget. So they were promoting, they were doing all these things, and it's like, girl, uh, sorry, Girls Trip, uh, Sex in the City's viewership was about 6.1 on average, 6.1 million on average. Pretty high viewership. But again, it was on HBO. It was about white women living in New York City. Um, and then you had girlfriends on a very small network Three point five to four million average viewership, telling real stories about Black women that were comedic and funny and authentic. Yeah, authentic stories and touching on social justice issues that impacted the Black community. But they got no finale. They got no movie. They got uh, they got the short end of the fucking stick.
1: Going back to inequality.
2: And then you go to Sex and the City too, where they upped the budget. Mm-hmm. Hmm. From sixty-five million to ninety-five million. And then it tanked in the box office. Well, not tanked, because tanked is a strong word, but they, it was two hundred and ninety-four point six million.
1: Can I give you some honesty?
2: Well, sure, <laughs> go for
1: it. I've never watched
2: Sex in the City. Sex in the City. I am not gonna front. I watched Sex in the City and I liked Sex in the City, but I liked Sex in the City because it showed me a life that was very different from what i know mm. it was four white women living in manhattan living their best lives like and the struggles they went through were always usually tied to men right but none i can't recall and you can correct me if i'm wrong because it's been a while since i've actually sat and watched all the episodes of sex in the city but I don't recall many of them going through like financial issues or like any of the issues that like would plague a black woman or like dealing with uh, oppression or microaggressions at work, like all of these things. And so you have a show like Girlfriends that does explore all of those things and is literally in the line of some of the greatest black shows ever.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I would say it's definitely one of the greatest black shows and ever. It, and you can
2: watch it today and it still feels fresh.
1: It's it's relevant. It's still relevant which I think is a big deal. Like, I could watch Girlfriends now and say, like, oh my gosh, I see myself in Joan. Mm-hmm. I see myself in Lynn. I see myself in X, Y, and Z. You yeah. know, I could keep going. Yeah. Um,
2: we just want to know where the movie is. And, I mean, Mara has stated in an article Um with uh vulture that the script is written. She just she's tired of begging. Right. And the fact that she has to beg for a movie for a show that was successful, like Girlfriends, um says a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like, why do I have to beg? And and she says this, why do I have to beg for you to see the value in the girlfriends movie? Mm. Because it's gonna be a really, really great experience and a gr and for everyone. And we're gonna make money, as she said. hmm But why is it that no one is willing to give me the money? No one is willing to stand behind a project that I believe a lie in.
1: Why do you think that is?
2: I mean, we've been talking a lot about it.
1: Exactly. I mean, um, you know, I just, it's disheartening to see black women struggle and not be able to do what they desire because people won't fund them or people won't take them as seriously as someone with blonde hair and blue eyes yeah. walking into a meeting. Um, you know, it goes back to feminism mm-hmm. and how if they're straight, it doesn't matter where we are. Mm-hmm. They're not I mean, going to help us get to where we look need. Look at to.
2: the last election. 53% of white women voted for Trump.
1: I'm, I'm just saying.
2: You can't be for a woman's rights mm-hmm of all women and then vote for Trump
1: right I'd rather use the word womanist like my girl Amanda Sills she says I'm a womanist, not a feminist because mm-hmm. you know I stand up for the rights of women yeah but I don't like to be called a feminist
2: and while we're talking about the lack of support for black women I think there is something to be said around the fact that we do have uh Producers and screenwriters and production companies that are getting greenlit for movies.
1: Did you see? And TV
2: shows. And does what? When they see us. I, we'll, we'll get there. Uh. Um, but there are a lot of, my point, or what I'm trying to get to is there are a lot of people who are in a space, at least from where I'm sitting and where I'm looking at, in Hollywood, to help get the movie made, yes, to band together and say, you know what, we can make some money off of this. We believe in your vision. We believe in this script. We believe in this cast. The cast has amazing chemistry. They do amazing, too. or at least they had one. One of my disappointments from tonight's episode of Blackish was that because I there was not as much interaction as I hoped for between them. It was really hard to see if that chemistry is still there, genuinely. Do you
1: feel like the episode made girlfriends seem a little campy?
2: In what way? What do you mean?
1: Like so, like I felt like they didn't really explore the girlfriends enough to where it kind of not that it was corny, but it was just kind of like you know they did that comedic you know intro like it was yeah, and that was it yeah, and then that was it like yeah. You know, I was hoping to see, like, the kids talking to the girlfriends about their mom back in college. Yes. Or, like, you know, the girls having, like, run-ins with Dre or, like, something. Because, like, I feel like, you know, based on, like, Martin back in the day when... You know, Martin had an issue with Pam, and Gina used to always try to come in between them. I kind of wanted to see something like that—something to show that they are
2: actually like been friends, like because it felt like they just threw them in there. Exactly. I mean, I guess that makes sense. If you, as you've watched Rainbow over the last seasons, you've never seen them
1: ever, but
2: they did make a reference about you know. Being in college together, so it's like oh like we haven't really hung since college mm-hmm. but if you have you live that close have you not really there were just some gaps there and I think mm-hmm. they just kind of got thrown into the mix and maybe they weren't really trying they, there wasn't they weren't trying to do a girlfriend's blackish mesh a mm-hmm. crossover it was more mm-hmm. of a we're using the characters from girlfriends to fill these roles and reunite them yeah to get the conversation started but that's all you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting more than that's all you're going to get, because that was the way that I was seeing it. And maybe that's just the way that I like, maybe that was me projecting what I wanted. But I feel like from what I was seeing, like it seemed like there was really, it was really going to be a moment for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like while it was really nice to see them on screen together, and they all look amazing, I really would love to see more of them. And so I really want to see a movie. And I also just think it's so crazy that Black women are like one of the highest in buying power, and, and
1: we're not represented. Then
2: you're not. Not only are you not represented, but like there's a movie about these different types of Black women that is still very much relevant today, mm-hmm. and, and no Will one's Packers, investing in it. Right? You have Will Packer who did Girls Trip. Girls Trip was a great movie. He did Think Like a Man One and Two. So it's great like. Movie. What is the, the, the thing or the hesitation around Girlfriends that we're just like, no? Because the cast is down. Mara is down. The studios and people don't want to invest. So, like, why? What is it? Maybe Tyler Perry will hear this and be like, yo. I hope so. <laughs> I'm going to do the Girlfriends movie. Y'all keep talking about it. Let's just do it. Maybe he'll do that. Maybe somebody will. Maybe some like, if you want a Girlfriends movie and you're listening, hashtag Girlfriends now and tell us why you want a movie. Hashtag girlfriends now why do you want that movie because i know for me i want the closure i want to see you know what happened to tony with her baby and her jewish husband i want to see what happened with maya and all of the things that she has with you know, writing her books and, and all these different things that she has coming. I want to see how Lynn's career progressed and how Joan did what she needed to do with the J Spot and got married and like all of yes. these things that we never got. Like we deserve those.
1: I want to. We got, see got two. Yeah, we
2: really got two Sex in the City movies. Like and don't get me wrong, the one was the first one was good. It was long as hell, <laughs> so long. It was good though. The second one for ninety five million, you could have kept it. Cause nobody wanted to see it,
1: and they won't give sixty million.
2: She said fifty to sixty million. That's it. And don't like lowball her. Like I like maybe she has gotten offers, and it's not what she wants. Mm.
1: Interesting. But
2: in order to make a movie, the movie that she knows she needs to make, stand your ground.
1: Right. And I and I commend her. It's
2: really hard to do that. Um, and I mean, we we can get into this. Or not, but when you have a vision and it is not executed in the way that you want or the way you had originally a vision or the way that you know it needs to be mm-hmm. to fully tell the story the way that you know it's going to live up to what you know you wrote, you, you got to stick to that. Mm-hmm. And I come in, like you said, I come in, Mara, um, and I really hope that someone gives her what the movie deserves, gives her the money and like invests into those women because... It is still an amazing show. I can watch it, go home and watch it now, and it's going to be a great time.
1: I'm hoping that the viewership of tonight, like the ratings from tonight, would bring that attention to investors and they say, hey, I think we'll make a lot of money off of a movie. Yeah. Like there was a spike where
2: everyone was like, okay, Mm -hmm. we got this.
1: I wonder what the Twitter Twitter streets are saying about... Yeah, and I
2: wasn't on Twitter because I didn't want... I didn't want to spoil it.
1: Right, right.
2: But um, we want to know, where's the Girlfriends movie? We want you to let us know what you would say to studio execs about why we need a movie. So you're tweeting Girlfriends Now, hashtag Girlfriends Now. Why do you want that movie? And then just for people that haven't seen Girlfriends, I promise you there is no greater thing that I could tell you than go watch it from beginning to end because it is legitimately a really great show that hits on so many great social justice issues, um, issues impacting women issues impacting women of color. Um, They talk about uh, celibacy. They talk about marriage. They talk about finding your passion, your purpose, your career. They talk about choosing yourself over bad relationships. Like there are just so many choosing yourself over bad friendships Mm -hmm. and, 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 navigating family that you don't necessarily like but you love them because they're family there are so many things that this show talks about that if you are not have not gotten into it you need to take a moment check it out um tune in um and get us a movie yes again hashtag girlfriends now because we want the damn movie
1: yes
2: let me tell you real real bad (laughs) If you want to join the conversation, feel free to tweet us um, or, you know, mention us in your stories on Instagram at film shit podcast, um, F-I-L-M-S-H-T podcast. Remember hashtag girlfriends now. Um, before we go, though, I definitely want to hit on a few shows that you're watching. Tell us some some shows that you're watching. I'm a-
1: I just finished. Binging Raising Dion. Let
2: me tell you. Raising Dion. So if you haven't seen Raising Dion, this is a story about a widowed mom, um, a black mom with a black son named Dion. Um, and he develops uh, supernatural powers. Um, amazing show. The storyline was dope. Um, because he is black, I'm not going to lie, there were moments of frustration because they definitely hit on some race issues that I was not expecting yes. in the show. Um, and even this show hit a lot on passion and following your passion mm-hmm. and how when you don't, if it's really meant you find yourself back in the midst of that, like overall, well rounded show, what are your thoughts?
1: I love that. I love that fact that, you know, she found herself outside of her passion trying to pursue, you know, a medical career or not a career, but a medical degree. And then she was like, wait a minute, I want to do dance. She did her dance, then she, you know, had her, oh, I'm telling all this yeah. story.
2: Just, you know, you know, say what you can say without telling too much.
1: Right, I'm, I'm going in right here, sorry, um, spoiler alert, but regardless of which, um, it was good to see a black woman be strong on television, not that we're never strong, we're always strong on television, but she was strong for her son, and I thought that was really dope. Yeah. Um I loved seeing um, I loved seeing Dion come into himself and her come into herself together. It's like, you know, you grow with your child. Mm-hmm. I love seeing that theme throughout the um, first season. And I can't wait till the second season comes.
2: Yeah. Um, I definitely thought it was an amazing show. And I'm definitely ready for the second season because there were some major plot twists in there. And I will say, I love that. They made her widowed and not just a single mom. I think that added so much to the story. Yes, it did. Um, because they didn't depict her as this mom that had this runaway father, which Black women are often depicted, you know, as on TV. But, like, her her, her story of being a widow was actually intertwined into the greater scheme of the show. And it was really dope to see. Um, so if you haven't seen Raising Dion on Netflix, definitely check it out. Um, shout out. Um, to the creator um, and writer of the comic book in which the show um, originated. Well, thank you so much, Liam, for joining us, um, and I'm so excited about your future endeavors and everything you have coming up. Thank you guys for tuning in to Film Shit. Stay tuned next week. New episodes dropping every Wednesday. And we're out. Thank
0: you. The lady. Uh-huh. And if you do, can you still deposit my money safely? He watching all my videos just to watch me shake it. Yeah. I yeah. thought the nigga had a seizure where he shave you it. Ram a lizard, you keep you woman than a blanket. Yeah. Travel yeah. around the West city to city, let you stay yeah. in yeah. for your bitches, cause I know you wanna take hey. it. So don't, worry, hey. it hey. so don't worry, mind, put it in them bitches' faces. Hey. So don't worry, mind, put it in them bitches' faces. Hey. So don't worry, my put it in them bitches' faces. Tell me where the good at. Hey. Tell me where to fly, niggas, hey. the fly nigga in the hood. Fuck the
2: club, what a kick
0: man